Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. What's going on? I am Scrooge Brunson. And I am S. Foster. That's right, and I switched it up real more and more time for the old school, man. This is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. That's the last time you'll ever hear that one again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to the old format later, man. But um, you know what I'm saying? What's going on with you, brother? Man, finally got this process done, man. It's been it's been a long, drawn out process, man. Um mm-hmm. for the people. They don't know what the hell I've been talking about, man. I finally was able to close on my house, man. I've That's been right, man. Man, I've been moving and jucking and jiving and screaming and everything, man, trying to get all this damn shit done, man. I've been wore out, I've been tired. But things are starting to get back, you know what I'm saying, to normal. Still, you know, boxes here and boxes there, getting things straightened out. But it's been it's been it's one of those things where like it still ain't hit me yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm still looking around, like shit. I fucking live here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it still ain't, it still ain't, it still ain't hit me yet. But uh, that's that's the process that I've been going through, y'all. I've I've had some, um, some assistance for some people that were screwing things up for me, but they made the process a little bit more difficult than it had to be. But it's done. I'm here. You know, so that's what's been going on man that's why that's why we missed the whole week of potting man because i've been i've been getting shit together over here but man how about you man how you feeling everything been good man everything been great man i don't have no complaints um other than the fact that uh you know what i'm saying i'm tired and you know what i'm saying i don't know what's going on with the nba schedule but i've been trying to keep up with it as far as the finals go and they have switched some stuff around and i'm just not used to this yet man yeah, I heard someone talking about that. They were talking about how they threw a three days in there, and it's usually only been like two. And like so, that 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 third day, man, kind of kind of throwing stuff off, man. It, it's making it feel kind of weird. But you know, I was only able to watch. I watched. Uh, I didn't get to watch game one, man, because I was moving and everything. And so then, like, I was able to watch game two, which ended up being a blowout, but. Hopefully now that stuff is now calm down, man. I finally got my internet hooked up today, so um, I'm definitely gonna try to watch Game Three, man. Um, it, it seemed like from what I've been hearing from podcasts and and stuff like that, it seems like a really really good series. So mm-hmm. I'm, to, I'm, I'm gonna jump on Game Three tomorrow, man. But yeah, the schedule has been a little crazy, man. That thir- that third day kind of kind of threw a monkey wrench in there. Man, it threw everything off, man. But um. Yeah, man, outside of that, everything has been going good. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing a lot more work as far as the um as far as the OnlyFans stuff has been going, you know what I'm saying? That's been going great. So, you know, everything looking up from here, man. That's what's up, man. That's that's what oh. I love to hear. Oh yeah, for sure. And um man, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, man. You know what I'm saying? They finally got done with that one. You know, that's something that we haven't touched on. But uh congratulations to my man Johnny Depp. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations to him. Uh, I haven't really been watching it as closely, but I've definitely been trying to, you know what I'm saying, keep an eye on the details and everything that they've been 
you know what I'm saying, talking about after, uh, you know, at the end of the day of each um, each trial day. And, you know what I'm saying, some stuff was said about him and some stuff was pretty much put out there about him and her, of course. But, you know what I'm saying, I, I'm just happy that they finally were able to come to a, a, some type of determination. I'm super happy that Johnny Depp won that thing because uh, regardless of what happened, you know what I'm saying, we don't know whether it's real, we don't know whether it's fake. And the allegations, you know what I'm saying, aren't really anything to joke about. But, you know, for the most part, man, it's just sad to see that two people who, you know what I'm saying, you thought could be in love have to go through something like that. And, you know what I'm saying, it's good to see that they can find a way to come to an end and, and end all that. So, you know what I'm saying, salute to Johnny Depp. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah. like, the thing about it, like, people were – coming out and saying some of the things that they were saying. And my whole thing is, first of all, I think both of them was just too toxic to be together. And I think that is a thing. But, you know, for her to do to some of the things that she done and for him to sit back and take it. And like I think that that's what people don't get credit for. I think a lot of men don't get credit for some of the things that they just eat when it comes down to women. And it felt like mm-hmm. he ate a lot of stuff when it came to her. And he he was able to win because of it, because of the things that he did sit back and didn't do anything about. And he ended up winning, you know, uh, I think it was 13, 15 or 13 million or something like that. And like people are saying like, yo, like we need to believe women. But I mean, we need to believe men, too. And I've always been on that because I told you I've been on the other side of that where, you know, what I'm saying a woman put some false allegations out on me. You know what I'm saying? And I had to sit back and I had to eat it. And it's just like. When I hear all of the stuff about, yo, you know, we need, we need to believe women. And I was like, look, I totally agree with you. But at the same time, there are some that just that have bad intentions and they just want bad things to happen to somebody for cause, maybe because of personal reasons, they're pissed right. off or, you know, whatever. And I think that that's what Johnny Depp was really dealing with. Not that Johnny Depp was always in the right because, you know, he did some stuff he could have handled a little differently, too. But yeah, it was a case way better. Yeah, and it was like it was a case that drawn out, it played out in the public. And one thing that I did see and I'm glad about is they said that because of the stuff that was going on between them, Johnny Depp haven't really been able to get any roles. And yeah. like now that yeah, they see that six years, man. Yeah, and now that they see like yo, like Amber was preventing him from getting work. So now mm-hmm. With this stuff being drawn out, now it's like, yo, now this dude can go, come back out. You know, they're even talking about possibly um, doing another uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I will say, I've never been a huge fan of those. I might have seen some of one or two or whatever. I've never watched the whole thing. But I think Johnny Depp has a really, really good catalog, man. Like, you look at his IMDb, like, this dude really been like he's ha- Johnny Depp got some great movies out there yeah. so it'd be good to see him you know back at work you know what I'm saying doing his thing so yeah that that was that was a strange trial man but um you know happy that they was able to resolve it in a certain way mm-hmm. and you know hopefully this man can get back to work for sure man um and then the crazy part too was you know you mentioned that she was preventing him from getting work but you know he lost a lot of work in the process too Oh yeah. Um, he lost a, a Pepsi, you know, saying a Pepsi deal. He, they were actually in the middle of production for the next Pirates of the Caribbean, 
and they had to cancel that, and he lost out on the Netflix deal too. So, you know, he he took a huge loss on that man. Meanwhile, you know, she was in the midst of making Iron Man. I mean, not Iron Man, Aquaman. Um, and she was in the midst of making Aquaman too. I'm not sure if they're gonna um, keep her on now that everything has come to light. I know that I've heard some rumors that she may not be uh, in the next movie or the Justice League or anything like that. But so, yeah, I heard that she. Uh, that there was a whole lot of petition petition signed. For her to, uh, for people to take her off of Aquaman too. So yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's it's it it was a weird situation, man, and and the way that it played out in public, man. You know, just you know, like stuff that never really supposed to leave a house don't supposed to be public. Like you know, what I'm saying the whole thing about her shitting on his side of the bed and all that type of shit. Like yeah, that's crazy. Like that, some of that stuff just need to it that you know it didn't need to come out. You know what I mean? But yeah. You know, in certain situations, I guess that's what they felt they had to do. So, you know, it's what it is. Glad you brought it up, though, because it's movie related. You know what I'm saying? We do a movie Definitely. podcast. And uh, and like I said, y'all, like, the reason we haven't been on our schedule, I've been, you know, dealing with the closing on this house and finally got that done. So, I mean, been celebrating. That's why. You know well, I ain't even had a chance to celebrate, man. <laughs> I ain't even had a chance. Nah, it's, it's been, I, I ain't even, like, hopefully this weekend, man, I'm going to be able to just chill and, and, and not do nothing, man. It's just been, it's just been constant work, man. I mean, I still got a few things that I need to do that I'll probably try to knock out this weekend, but it'll yeah. be a lot smaller stuff. It won't be, you know, putting beds together. Like, y'all, I done put five beds together Friday and Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Because my sister moved and I had to go help her, you know what I'm saying? Little brother duties, man. I had to go put her bed together and her daughter bed together, you know. So it's it's been a it's been a hectic like week, man. It's really been a hectic week, man. So I, I'm still haven't been able to sit down and like really, really enjoy it yet. And like really sit back, get a drink and and really celebrate, man. But I'm gonna get there at some point, man. I don't know when it's gonna be, but I'm gonna get there. For sure, for sure, man. So um Man, moving on to what we came here for, man. This movie is, um, movie to me is one of the greatest movies of all time. It is a classic, um, unto itself, all-star cast, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, damn, what's her name? She's in, uh, Kate, You got Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. I, I don't yeah. know why I keep wanting to call her Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> You got um, what's the what's the one? You got name? you got uh, you got Billy Zane, yeah, Kathy Billy Bates, Zane Kathy Bates. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, Bill Bates. Paxson. Yep. Yep. Man, I mean, you got you got a, a lot of noticeable names, man. Um, but sure, it's man. just, and you know, James Cameron done yeah, film yeah. like this was the film that really took him and Leonardo DiCaprio to that next level. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 1997 movie, three hours and 14 minutes. You know, everybody mm-hmm. always talked about how long it was, but, you know, the way that they was able to to shoot this film, it's like, even, like, going back and watching it, like, I mean, and look, it's not his fault that he came out with this idea in 1997. Like, some of the, some of the uh, CGI just wasn't there yet. 
But like you can yeah. notice some of the things now. But now when it came out in ninety seven, this it's the man, most beautiful shit, shit you've ever man. seen. Listen, that's, but like you, you know, okay, so I told this story. I told this story on the coming show. I'm gonna tell this story now. So you know what I'm saying? When I was a kid, man, my mom used to take me to the library, right? And we only, we lived like right across the street from the fucking library. So you know what I'm saying? When I went to the library, we would get two movies. We would get The Wiz. You know what I'm saying with um with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross, and then we would get Titanic. Now, when Titanic first came out, you know what I'm saying, my mom was like, "You really want to see this?" I'm like, "Yeah," because you know what I'm saying. In school, we had just heard about the Titanic, all this other stuff. So I'm like, "Yeah, they got a movie out about it." Like, yeah, I definitely want to see this. Well, it was a it was a two tape it was a two tape v- VHS set. So you know what I'm saying. It's a three-hour movie, three-hour and some change movie. So, you know what I'm saying? Each one was like an hour and 30 minutes long or whatever. So we watching this movie, man, and when I say I was captivated throughout this whole three hours, bro, as a kid, like this is some of the greatest shit I've ever seen on a film. So from there, this just ended up becoming like one of my favorite movies. Anytime it was on, I would watch it no matter where the beginning point or the starting point was. Like I would always, you know, sit down and watch it. And so um, from that point on, like every time we would go to the library, we would take, you know what I'm saying, our books back, take our movies back. And then I would just get, I would just tell them to keep Titanic because I want to rewatch it. So I watched this shit probably about a good, maybe like 20 times that year when it came out on VHS. Yo, like for me, I don't, I don't know. I can't really explain what it was. I think what I really can, like a lot of it for me is I just appreciate history. I love like watching, not even really watching, like I love like old photographs. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And Mm -hmm. like to look at the Titanic for it being what it was, I was always drawn to it. So I told this story before when we did the Leonardo DiCaprio episode, um, I was able to, uh, you know, me and my old lady, we went out to uh, Gatlinburg um, for my birthday um, two years ago. And so they had like the Titanic, like they don't have that many of them, but they got a replica of the Titanic, right? And it's a museum. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? We went to the museum and we went in there and like, and it's just like how weird it was to see that scene. So, you know, when they are, um, you remember when Jack got invited to uh, lunch with them? To dinner. Yeah, to dinner. And he, he was going down those steps, and that clock is right there. Like, they replica that whole thing. And it's just like, it's so crazy, like, seeing it exactly the way it was in the movie. And then it's like, it's like a little thing that you go through and it take you through. And it showed you what the third class rooms look like. Mm. Dude. Me being six two, I couldn't lay in the bed. Like, oh wow, because my feet, I I was too tall. And now, granted, granted, you know what I'm saying the average height, you know, especially back then, you know, people were more like you know five eight, five nine, you know, so it probably was fine. But like, you know, just for the room to be that small, and it's like for the, you know, and then it's like it ain't nothing extra in it. And then you look at Rose's room. They got a mm-hmm. whole nother room. Like they got like three different rooms. Yeah, they got like a living room in that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And like to see mm-hmm. how third class had to sit down there 
and the and the um things that they had to deal with. So, but the one thing that was, I mean, was very breathtaking was when you go to the part where so you go into this room and it, it's it's like it's showing like an iceberg everywhere and the whole room is cold as fuck. And so they have this water there and they say, put your hand in the water and see how long you can keep it there. Because this yeah. was the temperature of the water that night that them people had to sit out there in. Oh, wow. And that wa- and I forget what the exact number was of how cold the water was. But dude, it was it was like right at freeze not right at freezing, but like you stay in it, it long. It had to enough. be like right above it though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was just and then to really just think like, damn, they had to sit out there and like those people literally froze to death sitting in that water. And so like it was it was something that I wouldn't mind doing again. And like they give mm-hmm. you like a um they give you a card, right, when you first go in. And you wait to the end because they have every person's name that was on the Titanic, whether they worked, whether they um, first class, third class, second class, whatever. Like it has everybody's information. And um, and what the car says is to look to see if your person survived. Mm-hmm. And I end up having a card of a person who ended up surviving. And oh, um nice. And what's and the wild part was there were only, if I'm not mistaken, because I could be off, y'all. This was like two years ago, and I could have researched it, but I forgot. I I think it was no more than 20, maybe 15 black people on the Titanic. Yeah. They were like working like probably workers, yeah. Yeah, they worked as chefs, chefs and like shit like that. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was a great place to go, man. I forget what the other one is. If y'all ever have a chance, if you uh is fascinated with this type of stuff, you know, try to go to one of those replicas. Uh, I actually got a picture of me standing in front of it. Um, but it's it's a really really nice place, man. But Titanic, man, it's it's wild, dude, because you know they end up building it in the uh, Harlan and Wolf um shipyard in Breakfast. Mm-hmm. And like it took, it, they started, they started it in um, Sorry, March. Hmm. It started in March of 1909, and it took them Man. two years to finish it. <clears throat> took them two years to finish that bad boy. Um, they ended up having how many dudes it was. They ended up having fifteen thousand dudes working on this thing. Right, they ended up having eight construction workers that was killed and 246 injured while building the Titanic. Dude, this is the wild part right here, though. Yo, check this out. They had to use 20 horses, right, Mm -hmm. to transport the main anchor. So you can imagine how heavy that damn thing was. And see, what fascinates me about stuff like this, so let me ask, let me throw a question at you, right? Okay. So there's always this question of were people smarter back then than people are today? Now, this is what makes this question, you know, a high debate because we have the internet and all this type of stuff to, you know, give us this research to put in our head. 
but when you look at some of the things that were built back then, back in the day, and they didn't have the tools and the technology that we have today, and they was able to figure this shit out back then. Because I even saw somebody put, um, I saw a picture of like the cruise ships today up to the Titanic, mm-hmm. and they're like, yo, the crew, like the Titanic ain't shit compared to these. But it's like, yeah, but you got machinery and all of this type shit to build it. They didn't have that type of machinery back then. So right. my question is, is the Titanic more impressive? And do you think that they were smarter the way that they put that thing together back then than these cruise ships today? And do you think people are smarter today? Um, well, I want to say I, this is really kind of a, a paradoxical, paradoxical question. Only because I wouldn't say that people are smarter. I would say people are more informed today. Um, to be able to come up with the concept of the Titanic and everything that they did as far as the way it worked and everything else, like, it was a, a real wonder of that time. You know what I'm saying? You got to remember, like, this is a steam liner. This is a, a this is a, a ship that's that was powered on steam, and this was the biggest ship of its, you know what I'm saying, of its kind at the time. This was the biggest ship to ever be created. And so in the midst of, you know what I'm saying, them creating this ship, the reason that they felt like this ship was going to be unsinkable and, you know what I'm saying, untouchable is because of, you know what I'm saying, the the things that were going on with other ships at the time. They felt like they were using the best materials. They felt like they were, you know what I'm saying, basically doing things that they didn't have to uh, worry about with, the other liners like a lot of people don't know that in the, the titanic it was it was lined uh it was double lined so it was the, the original hole and then there was another hole made up outside of that hole and so the the whole thing was the reason they would call it unsinkable is because basically if you know what i'm saying something was to happen to the hole or whatever if it was to get a hole in it it basically would have water around it but because of the air inside the hole already, right, it wouldn't it wouldn't be able to sink. It would sink a little bit, but it wouldn't be a sinkable ship because technically there would be no water on the inside of the boat to bring it down. So it would still be able to float. And a ship that big with that type of design, you know, you, you kind of you kind of get the chance to brag at that. Um, my only beef is the fact that of the uh, of the journey that they took. Um, when they went, you know, they were going across the Atlantic <laughs> and they were going further and further up north because they're trying to get to New York. But the easiest thing for them to do would have been go, would be to go further and further south where, you know, it's a little bit warmer. They wouldn't have to worry about icebergs. So they kind of took a, you know what I'm saying, a, a weird route to get there. Um, but as far as people today, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't say smarter. I would say more informed because, you know, now nobody would take that route to go from Europe to New York on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, like, now the design for ships are a lot different. Like, now you don't, you don't run, uh, we don't run them off steam. We run them off, like, you know what I'm saying, maybe, like, gas or something like that or, like, a different type of fuel, but... You know, you're not running a boat off steam now, so now it can move faster. It's going at a different pace, you know. You don't have to worry about certain things 
you know, the way that the, the mechanisms in the boat aren't the same as then, you know, like if they were to turn now, it's going to turn a lot faster, you know, and then, you know, you got radar and stuff now, like then we didn't have radar and or then they didn't, excuse me, have like radar or anything like that. They had two guys sitting up in the crow's nest with no binoculars at the time, you know, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's a, a, a question to, you know, to put out there like that, but yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I, I can't I really see. say. I can't really say. No, I got you. I got you. And then, like, to think about this, dude. So this movie, they had a budget of two hundred million dollars, my guy. All right. So opening weekend, they did twenty-eight point six million dollars. Mm-hmm. This movie ended up grossing six hundred and fifty-nine million point three, but yep. worldwide, two billion, two point two billion worldwide. Yep. This movie ended up. You gotta remember, you gotta remember this is really not just a movie that's you know what I'm saying about America. Like this is an international movie. Yeah. And James Cameron, he like, dude, I heard a fun fact. Like, and then like the the thing about this movie, man, like even them shooting it was crazy because Kate Winslet ended up getting sick. They had to stop Mm -hmm. shooting because she got sick. Um, James Cameron actually went down with the submarine thing, mm-hmm. like you know the beginning of the movie when Bill Paxton Paxton is going down there, and yeah. they're looking at the. Th- they said James Cameron was actually in it because he was like, "Yo, mm-hmm. I want this shit shot right, so I'm going with you." You know what I'm saying? So he didn't want nobody else to shoot it. He wanted to go down and shoot it himself because there were certain angles and all this type of shit that he wanted, but like. But, like, to hear the stories about, like, how Kate got sick, how, um, you know, a bunch of people was, you know, not getting along, them having to stop shooting for a couple of weeks. Like, mm-hmm. they was only supposed to shoot for so many months, and then they end up going over that because of, you know, the water supply, whether it was, you know, Kate getting sick and people mm-hmm. not getting along, people arguing about stuff. And then to put this movie, and then, like, I forget who the person was, but like Kate wasn't the first choice for that movie because at the time she wasn't like this movie is what put her on the map. Like we knew who Leonardo DiCaprio was, but he, you know what I'm saying? But this movie took him to the next level. Oh man, let me tell you something. This this movie made women fall and look, this is this might have been why Kate Winslet has not been in certain movies after uh, this this came out. You know what I'm saying? She let my man Jack die. Yep. All to save herself on that big-ass headboard. Man, the more and more I watch it, man, like, I see what you're saying. I see the point that you're trying to make. But when when you look at how that thing was floating, and he tried to get on it two times, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It kept flipping over and I just felt like if both of them would have sat on it, it might have still would have floated. But man, I think that floated, man. some some of their bodies. See, the thing is, with just her being on it, her body wasn't getting any water, so she was good. But I felt like mm-hmm. if they both would have got on it, it would have been lower in the water. So like, if they would have been laying on their backs, like they back would still 
be underwater. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like with both of their weight, both of their body weights on it. You got to remember, too, they had life vests on, too. No, so only she had one on. Jack didn't have one. He, oh, yeah, that's right. He gave her his. Exactly. See? So, like, that's what she I'm saying. Like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the more and more I think about this movie, man. See, this, no. this, this is what I'm talking about, bro. This is, I, Johnny Depp was right. <laughs> nah, we can't do that. Nah, Listen, but see, but I will tell you this though, and, and and I know this is this is the sad part about mm-hmm. life, right? Is sometimes yeah. you have to have some bad shit happen for it to never happen again. And the reason the Titanic needed to happen, and you know, I'm not out here to disrespect anybody. Rest in peace to all the people that died or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, they never would have knew. Like, yo, we need to have enough lifeboats to save everybody on board. They only had... Remember, remember, it was never the issue of whether or not they had enough lifeboats, because they initially had enough lifeboats, remember? They removed the lifeboats because the people who were selling the tickets and who owned the boat initially didn't feel like that it um, it would be the proper aesthetic to have all of these lifeboats on an unsinkable ship. Well, you got to remember when the one guy was talking to um, the uh, the other dude, and he was saying that yo, we there's only because no, even even um, Rose told um, Mr. Andrews about the whole thing about yo, like I noticed there are only so many boats, and and mm-hmm. it was like yo, well, it's like I can't remember exactly what the number was, but let's say. It holds 500 people, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Yeah, but it's 2,000 people on the ship." Yeah. And then I heard the dude that she was engaged to marry, you know, what I'm saying, played by Billy Zane. You know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying, uh, Kyle, Kyle. He was like, "Yeah, well, we'll say the better half." You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. there was never enough boats on it, regardless, to save mm-hmm. everybody in the way that they packed the boats bullshit we'll get to that but like I think that for that to happen the way that it went down they started looking at safety precautions different that's like yo mm-hmm. we we can't we can't send a boat out with 2,000 people with only enough boats to save 500 people so well I mean the, the, the crazy thing about that too is just that if you think about it for 500 people, that was really just intended to save the first class. Yeah. You know, that's all it, it was. was. Never, it was never intended to, I mean, you could have had a few people in second, but it was mainly intended to save the first class. So it was never intended to save anybody outside of that. And, you know, at that time, like that was a real huge thing. Like people in first class was the ones that were, considered, you know, a high society and everything else. So those are the people that were really who had the best interest um, in that whole situation. And, you know, the sad part is just like you said, like you brought up going to the museum and being able to experience what the rooms are like. You know, you got to think about it. All those people that were in third class, you know, those are most of the people in cargo, third, second, you know, saying so those are most of the people in cargo. So if you think about the people in first class, how they were being catered to, how they were being given all of these things, and everything was basically made for them. This was supposed to be a luxury ship, right? And 
you know, they basically were, they basically had most of the shit to roam and, you know what I'm saying, to to experience and everything else like that, to whereas everybody in second and third was pretty much, you know, asked out and kind of given, you know what I'm saying, the whatever was left, you know what I'm saying, the, the scraps of, you know what I'm saying, entertainment and the scraps of the food, you know what I'm saying, even on, even being on the deck, they couldn't go to certain decks because that was the first class deck or whatever that case may be. And so you just kind of see, like, the unfair um, treatment that was already just on that boat. And that, was, that wasn't even in America. That was coming from Europe. You know what I'm saying? So you could already see how that class system was already set in. And then, you know what I'm saying, to see it on the boat just makes it a, a thousand times worse because, you know what I'm saying, in that moment, you know what I'm saying, even in, even in tragedy, you kind of see how they were still thinking. Yeah, you remember when um when Jack's friend when when the boat was going down, they were like, yo, they're playing music while the ship going down. You could tell we mm-hmm. in first class now. It's like mm-hmm. I like how they was able to put that in there and then also to show you they had these people caged down there so they couldn't even get up there. So they was yeah, letting was, all yeah, the first remember, class people get on the boat. Yeah, remember when they woke them up, they just told them just to put on their life vest. Just wake up and put on their life vest. And that's how they told them. Yeah, and like, what the fuck is this life that's gonna do for me if I'm locked down here? Exactly. exactly. Like, yeah, like that. That was, but th- that's the one thing that a lot of people don't <clears> speak <throat> about when it comes to the Titanic is the fact that, yeah, this movie is a love story, but at yeah. the same time, it's showing you James Cameron showing you the reality of what this time was, and was like, yo, like the first class is the only people that really matter, like. They didn't even really give a damn about the crew, because remember yeah. they locked down those uh those those dudes that worked in that boiler room, and you got to understand like yep. that is a tough yep. ass job to be able to keep putting that coal into those things. You down it? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how hot that room was. Man, that shit had to be crazy. Man, it was it was probably humid as hell too. What? It ain't no air vents probably yeah, like they down the. I wonder, like, that some of those dudes, it, like, if the real story is, like, I wonder if some of those dudes die from heat exhaustion. Like, were I mean, they getting their water imagine. breaks? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, imagine that they would, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you brought up a, a very a very interesting point, too, is that this movie is a love story, right? Because this whole movie is through the, the POV of uh, Rose Dawson. I forgot what her other last name was when she got remarried, but this is basically her you know what I'm saying, point of view about the night of, you know what I'm saying, the sinking of the Titanic. And so, you know, seeing that and hearing that type of thing, you kind of, you know what I'm saying, you, you kind of understand coming from her, you know what I'm saying, point of view, the life that she was living, the life that she kind of left behind, and you know what I'm saying, what she kind of sacrificed in order to, you know what I'm saying, be happy in that situation. And it was, you know what I'm saying, it was a very interesting take on everything because, you know, as we were watching this, sometimes you kind of forget that she's still telling this story. This is the story through her eyes. You you know, you kind of lose sight of that. And um, you, you, yeah. just, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was, I was agreeing with you. Yeah, but it was just one of those things, like, where you just, you know, you kind of just – you get lost in, you know what I'm saying, that whole 
situation because it's such a good movie and everything is happening so fast. And, you know, you kind of forget that she's even telling these people this story until, you know what I'm saying, like a couple scenes later, it'll go back to her or whatever, you know what I'm saying, in the midst of a break or something. Or, you know what I'm saying, like the dude is asking a, a pertinent question or something like that. But, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy to see how, you know, even in the midst of, you know, so like I say, in the midst of tragedy, how people could be treated so poorly, you know what I mean? Like in the one scene where Cal had, uh, he had given the guy the money to get him on the boat. And then when dude finally realized like, man, we ain't getting off this fucking boat. He was like, yo, you keep this shit. Ain't nothing I can do with this. I'm about to die. This shit ain't gonna save me from drowning. It's not gonna, you know what I'm saying? It's not gonna get me a boat in time. It's not gonna do any of that. And so, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it was just one of those things where, you know, it was an interesting point of view. It's an interesting way that they made the movie in general because for him to, uh, for, for him to, oh, wait a minute, oh, for him to create this movie and make it a, um, you know, a thing where he's basically saying, like, you know, we're going to let her tell it, but we're still going to you know, add in all of these things and, and show you what it was really like. And then not only are we going to show you what it was really like, you you getting the story from, you know what I'm saying? It's it's supposed to be a, a first-hand account, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for them to put that together that way with, you know what I'm saying, all the information that was being put on, all the information that was being told and everything else. So you kind of got to give James Cameron his flowers on that one because that was, that was fire how he put that together. Definitely, I'm not. I'm not mad at James for it, and because I think that this movie was shot so beautiful. Now, I, and I know some people. Don't get me wrong. When it comes to a movie like you know Avatar, you know the highly anticipated Avatar two gonna come out. I think this year or next year, um, but it's coming out um, soon. I think it's next year. Yeah, I think it is next year. I think 2023. But um. Yeah. But the way that that was shot, don't get me wrong, that was beautiful too. But like, it's just something with me when it comes to history of watching this movie and the way that he, the way that he shot it. But something something I wanted to speak on was I wanted to speak on who was my favorite character throughout this whole movie, right? Okay. So my favorite character character was Molly Brown, played by uh, Kathy Bates. Yeah, like, for sure. She was my favorite character, like. And like the way that they treated her, like they treated her like, so if we're using a modern day example, when you see, you know what I'm saying, somebody, it could be somebody, let's say somebody, family, like you, you might not even be the person, you might not even be the reason. Let's say your family, you inherited 200 million, right? Mm-hmm. Your family created this business. It's doing very well. You're doing good in life. So you inherited this money from your father, whatever the case may be. If you happen to be in the same room with a person that won the lottery, let's say they won four hundred million, they yeah. gonna they ain't gonna look at you the same way because they're gonna look at you yeah, like, they, oh, you hit the lottery. New money. Yeah, they, they call it a new money because. Yeah. She didn't get her money the way that the other people in first class got their money. So that was the one thing I liked about her was like she was just trying to fit in, but at the same time she was still herself. She never, mm-hmm. she never tried to act like them, even right. though she was in the room with them. And that's what I liked about her because 
she was like, at the end of the day, I am who I am. And like mm-hmm. I like the way that they introduced her by when they were sitting at the table and uh, Kyle uh, had ordered her food. And, he, and she was mm-hmm. like, Are you going to chew it for it too? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Because well, he, he, this is a also this also is an interesting thing too. Because you know what I'm saying? Like around this time, I believe that it's the 19 what 10s, 1920s. Yeah, something like that. that 1910s. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? You got to think the women's suffrage movement was going on. You know what I'm saying? Like feminism was on the rise. So she's a very um. She's a very shining example of what an American woman of uh, of wealth would be at that time. And, you know what I'm saying, not only that, you know, she was the only other American that was around Jack at the time, too. Because if you realize, she did a lot of, um, she did a lot of kind of, I want to say babysitting, but she kind of, you know what I'm saying, embraced Jack a lot more than everybody else did. And she kind of showed him a little bit more, you know what I'm saying, love than everybody else did because she kind of seen, you know, the the brightness of who Jack was and, and the person of who Jack was rather than how everybody else looked at him, you know what I'm saying, as far as class would go or, you know what I'm saying, what his social status would be at the time. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the reasons. I also think that she didn't like how. I think from the very oh, jump yeah, she didn't sure. like that dude. So she kinda yeah, sure. so she kinda helped Jack out, you know. And and my thing is I'm not trying to be picky about the film. But it's like so you just happen to have your son tuxedo just traveling with you? Like Well you I just mean, happen you, to- you know, you gotta think she was she was over in she was over in Europe. She probably went to go buy some stuff from Europe and you know what I'm saying brought that back for her son. Yeah, it's possible. Could it's possible, gift, but you know? Yeah, and and for her to, I, I think she was just really, she was really rooting for Jack, man, because I think that she yeah, just, sure. did, she she did not, she did not like dude, and so she was going out of her way to help him, and then even like when Jack was sitting at the table, and he was like, yo, like all the civil war for me, she was like, yeah, just start from the outside and work your way in, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like trying to teach him and the, the etiquette stuff. And the interesting thing about what you said is though, like, yo, she didn't like none of them. She fucked with no. Rose though, like don't get me wrong, like she fucked with Rose, but she didn't really like none of them. Like because all of them motherfuckers was, was assholes, bro. Yeah, and I don't think Rose was as uppity. It seemed like Rose was exactly. kind of dealing with like she was more open minded. Yeah, she was definitely more open minded, yeah. and like she actually saw the people that was in third class, like Kyle. Mm-hmm. It was just like yo, like fuck them. They they ain't benefiting me in any kind of way, and her mom was just way over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like her mom was just one of those people who she's starting to enjoy this money, and like now because let me ask you this: because the way I interpreted it, Rose and her mom was going into money because Kyle had money. Is that is that well, right? They, was, they were they were already of a certain social status, right? And around those times in England, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, we all know women really didn't have that, you know what I'm saying, sort of social status yet. So basically, she would have been like the the key to the wealth, you know what I'm saying, with, with her and her mom, she'd have been the key to the wealth. I don't think her dad was, I think her dad had passed or something like that. I don't remember them mentioning it, but I know her dad wasn't never around. And so... 
you know what I'm saying, them going to the Americas, basically he was going to be taking her in. And, you know, like, that's where, you know, like the whole dowry and all that kind of stuff is. Like, this mm-hmm. was just a, a, a kind of reverse thing on it instead of her, you know what I'm saying, like him getting her money. It was more so like they were already of a social status. He was, you know what I'm saying, wealthy to do. And then, you know what I'm saying, they were, she was just basically marrying him because when they married, they would marry up or quote unquote yeah. marry up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how it was. It wasn't that, you know what I'm saying, like she, they didn't have anything because, you know what I'm saying, like they were actually, you know what I'm saying, of the higher class, the upper class in England. It was just that, you know, going into that, she was supposed to be, you know what I'm saying, this was, it was more like an arranged marriage thing, basically. Yeah. Because it seemed like she didn't really fuck with him like that. Like, yeah, it was just more of like, man. it was more of like, yo, we are in the same status or you are a status above me, so it just makes sense for us to be together. And it yeah, just seemed sure. like her mom, it seemed like her mom had a lot to do with it, because she always had to tell Rose to be like, yo, Rose, do this, you know, sit up or you know, whatever. And Rose was just more like, she was more laid back, like, I don't feel like doing all this shit. So I thought that that was something that was interesting about the film as well. But like, with Jack, mm-hmm. though, man, Jack was that dude. Like, I love the way that his character viewed life. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to, you know, like, when, when Kyle tried to humiliate him at the table and the comeback that he had was one of the best comebacks you ever heard in a movie where mm-hmm. you sitting around a table with a whole bunch of rich people who only value money and material things. And he was like, mm-hmm. yo, I value the, you know what I'm saying? The, the air in my lungs and I'm not going to live my days just, you know, being focused and worried about material things and stuff like that. Like long as I got a pencil yeah. and a pad, you know what I'm saying? I'm good. I was up. I was sleeping under a bridge and now I'm sitting here having lunch with you fine people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yep. his his response to that disrespect was so good that that was one of those situations where you know what I'm saying if it if it existed back then, that's to drop the mic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, definitely, definitely. Yeah, one hundred percent. And the and the best thing about it was is that you know he he never lost his cool. You know what I'm saying? He never he never got shook up in that situation and you know you know even when um kathy bates character had even said that to him like you know when you go in there you know you go in there you hold your head up and you make sure you show you know saying you know that you belong and you know you bring that confidence and that's what he did you know and listen you know going going around people like that having been around people that's you know i'm saying of that mindset it's it's a little tough to deal with because you know, they not they don't have that sense of reality that, you know what I'm saying, the common person has. Like everything to them is a sheltered view on life. Everything to them is a behind the wall kind of view on life. And so if it's not in their world, you know, they it's kinda of hard for them to see or believe or think that's what it is. And you know, for Jack to be able to be out there doing the things that he's doing, living the kind of life that he's lived. And then you you know you you see him being able to you know walk amongst any kind of crowd because that wasn't even his crowd. So the fact that he was able to get in there and walk amongst that crowd and be amongst those people, and, you know, you know, talk the way that he talked and you know what I'm saying carried himself the way he did. That just goes to show you that you know his experiences were way more valuable valuable than anything that they could have purchased or anything that they could have owned at that time. 
you 100% right. But then also to piggyback off what you were saying about like being able to keep your cool in this situation, like when, when he was sitting there and I like how he was, you know what I'm saying, reading the room, looking around, seeing what all the men were doing because he was sitting there practicing on how, you know, to shake hands and how to put your arm out so you know, to walk mm-hmm. rows in or whatever the case may be. And it was funny that she caught him doing that. That was funny. But but the deal with Kyle coming up to him and be like, oh, that's you? You, you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. almost clean up like us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, 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 what, what are you trying to, you know, like just the, he constantly kept throwing shots at him. But I think the reason he kept throwing shots at him because I think he knew without, yeah. like, I didn't think that he would think that Rose would leave him, but mm-hmm. he knew Rose had something for him. And so well, that's that, why he, he, you could tell he felt threatened, man. You know, most of those guys that are, are, you know, of that caliber that a cow was, they're, they're usually insecure type type of guy. You know, they don't really have a personality. They don't really have too many talents. They don't really have anything going for themselves other than the fact that they come from money, they're wealthy. You know, they've pretty much gotten everything they wanted because of their last name or who their father was or, you know, anything like that. So seeing, you know what I'm saying, seeing somebody who, you know what I'm saying, was an artist who actually had a conversation, you know what I'm saying, who actually had something to bring to the table outside of just how much money he made on the Dow Jones. You know, as you can see, everybody was interested. Everybody was engaged, you know what I'm saying, that was paying attention to Jack when he was talking. And, you know, when somebody has that type of energy or some somebody like that around them and they can't do that, they start to feel threatened. They start to feel like, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the attention is leaving them. And, you know, so at the time, everybody was looking at him and giving him all the attention. So, yeah, it was – I think, you know what I'm saying, Jack was – was he was right on time with everything that he, you know what I'm saying, brought in that scene because without him – Mark! So, you know what I'm saying, without him, he wouldn't have been able to – um you know, he wouldn't have been able to do uh what he did in that moment. Oh, definitely, man. And Kyle, man, he was he was a straight up hater. But at the same time, man, Kyle was I mean, I had to say it, man, Kyle was a bitch, yo. Like but even even like my thing is if if somebody show you who they are and they tell you and like some people want to now, I mean, it depends on how you want to put it. You know what I'm saying? Rose is engaged to being married to this dude and she's entertaining another guy. And people were like, yo, Rose was a hoe because, you know what I'm saying, she was engaged to the dude and she went off with Jack and all this type of shit. But, like, well, like you said, in the, you know, a couple of minutes ago, like, yo, you could tell that this marriage was kind of arranged. Like, they didn't yeah. really feel each other. And I think, I think Kyle just, and I think he liked the whole thing of just having a beautiful girl on your arms. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Because the way they view wise back then, you know, as long as you something good to look at and I can show you off to other people, like, that's yeah, all it's, it it's was. All, everything is a status symbol. Everything is... Everything is... Um, you know, everything is a yay or nay type thing. You know, yeah. if, if, it's, if it's good enough for the group, it's good enough for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and that's how it would like it's it's the whole it's the whole thing of like having a trophy wife, you mm-hmm. know like that's what Rose was to him like he and but yeah. 
just the way that he played it. Yeah, like in the way that he played it, man, with 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 his cop dude, man, like you know, I I just thought that like the way I would the way I would have looked at it, man, like having having that mindset of like, all right, you you know, you you want to go off with this dude, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead, I'm gonna try to jump mm-hmm. on this boat, and I get me somebody else. But well, see, I think the thing that is is that it was never the fact of him, it was never the fact of him losing Rose. It was him losing Rose to Jack. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, cause he didn't really care about Rose like that. Like we seen that he was, he was smacking her around, throwing her, knocking tables over and shit. Like nobody gave a damn about that. He didn't give a damn about that. His thing was, I don't want to lose to this street urchin. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't want yep. to lose to somebody who was lower class because if he did that, then what did that mean? You know what I'm saying? What did that say about him? You know what I'm saying? What did that um what what how how would that reflect on him basically? You know, yeah that he lost his his wife, his future wife or his fiance, you know what I'm saying, to a, a guy who didn't have a, a modicum of what he had. You know what I'm saying? So that that was just kind of, you know what I'm saying, basically just be, you know what I'm saying, shooting a, a, a dead dog at that point. Man, you, yep. You're right. It's because it's about how it looks to others, man. And like, and that's that thing yeah. about that status, man. Like, they always have to yeah. keep that status. But, but as far as like, man, the Titanic, like, you know, sinking and all of that type shit, man, it, it was, it was, it was, it, man, it was so realistic, was, man. Yeah, I think it was dope the way that they was able to, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I don't want to say dope as in, like, the situation, but the way that they were able to capture that and, and put that on film for people to actually get uh, an idea of what could have possibly happened, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think that was I think that was dope for them to be able to use the technology at the time. And remember, like you said, like this is nineteen ninety-eight. Like nineteen ninety seven. No, sorry, nineteen ninety seven. That should look as real as ever. Like on VHS, that looked like a real boat. That was like a real iceberg. Like everything about <laughs> that shit looked real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now when you watch it on, you know what I'm saying, on streaming, it's like, okay, that's clearly a CGI boat. <laughs> that's clearly a CGI iceberg. Like, but seeing it, you know what I'm saying, then on VHS with, you know what I'm saying, when it's not so, when it's not as defined on film as it is now, it looked like, bro, that shit was breathtaking to see that shit floating across the water, man. Yeah, man. Like, it, like it's like, it really looked like, especially back then, like a documentary, man, when that thing started going down. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looked so real. It was shot so well. And, like, for him to go to storyline, the storyline of, you know, showing Mr. Andrews in the one room because he, he felt guilty that he didn't make a strong enough ship, he felt. And yeah. so, you know, he felt he had to go down with it. The captain, you know, the captains always go down with their ship. So it was just – um one of those things, and like I mentioned, like the dudes being uh, locked in that boiler room down there, mm. it was, it was, it was just like it's yeah, really one of one of. The, a, can you talk about how that's a stupid ass idea for the captain to go down with the ship? Yeah, because um, don't he know everything? 
Yeah, and it's like, wouldn't you <laughs> want him? Cause th- okay, right? Wouldn't you want him to be like, okay, this is what went wrong. So now I know yeah. my next ship, I know not to do this. Maybe that's why ships were sinking the way they was. The captain was going down with the fucking ship instead of just yeah. staying back being like, hey, this is what happened. Exactly. And then you can go on and pass off that, that new information so don't nobody else make the same mistake. Like, he's the yeah, only that's... person that can give you that first hand. Like, now, don't get me wrong. Exactly. Some of the people that was on the boats were, mm-hmm. you know, seen in there as well, but, like, they're still yeah. not the captain. Like, there's a reason why right. you're not a captain. And, exactly. and then, like, the whole thing of 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 what Rose was saying, like, well, it was not Rose, but like there was one situation where they was arguing, and they said, "Yo, there was twelve people on one of those boats." He said, "These mm-hmm. boats hold sixty four people," yeah. and like just for them to do. And and look, man, this whole women and children thing, it's like, all right, y'all dudes, y'all don't mean shit. We're gonna save all these women and children first. Oh, man, we yeah, we we already knew that wasn't even anytime I hear that, man, I just be like, that's just another reminder that as a dude you got to find your way out. Hence the way my man Jack went out. You know what I'm saying? My man had to find his way out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She left my she wanted she wanted this nigga to fall in love with her, but she she wanted this nigga to stay in some freezing cold water, thinking that he was gonna survive the whole fucking time. First off, he barely floating. I know this nigga is, is treading water at the same time, so he working himself up. His body is getting overexerted. His body is getting exhausted because it's super cold water. So he's trying to keep his body warm. Next thing you know, my nigga just says, "You know what, bro? This shit ain't worth it. Fuck this bitch," and he dies. And then she gonna shake and talk about Jack, Jack. And then, and and this is the thing too. I tell people this all the time. I want everybody to go back and rewatch that scene. Okay, she pushed my nigga in the water. She had to. Man, fuck that. No, she didn't. He was sitting there that whole time, and it wasn't no issue. Now all of a sudden, he gotta he gotta sink down to the bottom of the fucking Atlantic, the freezing Atlantic Ocean. Nah, bro. Man. I feel you. I feel you, but like I just don't know what else. Down. I don't know. I just don't know what else she would have done with them. But like, hey, if you watch that really, scene, yeah, like look, Leonardo DiCaprio killed this shit, yo. The oh, yeah. facial expression that he had once that that second attempt that he knew he was gonna be able to fit on there, mm-hmm. you see it in his face. Like, yep, I'm about to die, fucking bitch. <laughs> nah, but like, and I, I'm gonna tell you, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't use the word like. Um, one thing that I appreciated, how about that? Mm-hmm. One thing I appreciated was when they showed the one um, boat going back, and the people was already frozen in the water. For oh, them to man. show, and they was this, pushing them with the paddles. Yeah, and to show the that woman holding crazy. the baby, like you have to give people the real sometimes. Like that is a real situation, and like you have to see the significance of it. Like that reminded me of that reminded me of a scene in America uh, at Santa Ana's when the yeah. the massacre at the church. 
when the Germans just started shooting all these people because they were looking for somebody and they didn't know where this person was. And so they yeah. ran out of bullets. So they started stabbing people to make sure they were dead. Mm -hmm. And then you hear this baby crying. And then this German looks down at it and you hear the stab and the baby stop crying. It's like sometimes you, they, they didn't show it, but you yeah, get it. But just the just the sound, the audio of it is, is is more visual than the actual visual would be sometimes. Exactly. And I think to, to show that woman holding that baby and to see that they both froze to death, like. I think that you have to give people that real of like, yo, like this is a real situation. Like these are the things that happen. Like we're not hiding anything from you. Um, yep. The only yep. thing that James hid from us was he didn't show not one black person. The whole film. Well, I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. At a, you know, at all the, at all the movies, you know, what I'm saying the black people being with, with the. You know, with knowing what was gonna happen, I would rather not see black people in, in this movie. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's the you. you know the one thing they didn't show in this movie. They showed you the, the boiler room. They showed you, yeah, you know I'm saying the dining. They showed you everything but the kitchen, my guy. Hey, listen, I don't even want to see the kitchen. Just the fact of knowing <laughs> that no black people died in this movie is good enough. For me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying, man. Bro. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a win for us. No, hey, if, you, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, that's a win for us. I, we ain't I had think. nothing to do with this movie. I'm with that. Let's roll. There was one black dude in this movie, and he was at the door. And I think he escaped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you stupid. <laughs> Stupid, I'm just saying, man. man. I'm just saying, man. Shit. You know, it's, we got enough movies to where some tragedy happened and we getting taken out. We got took out in Gangs of New York. We got took out in everything. This is just the one movie that we, they don't, we don't see none of us go down. I'm like, yes, sir. I'm with it. That, that might be one of the reasons subconsciously why this is like one of my favorite movies. Oh, my God. Okay, it's time to end the podcast. <laughs> this, this, dude, this dude is stupid, man. <laughs> nah, but um, but I will say this though, man. Like, for this movie to get the praise that it got, I think it held the mm -hmm. record until, if I'm not mistaken, it was in, in game. I think it broke the record. Yeah. Um, yep. but this movie was the longest, highest grossing movie of all time until Endgame mm -hmm. came uh, two years ago, and yep. I, I think I think it's worth it, man. I, I think James Cameron. The vision that he had, but then to also to think that somebody and it's estimated for, for people to put up two hundred million dollars for a movie in nineteen ninety, might as well say six seven mm -hmm. to put this kind of money into a movie and to bank it on actors who, I mean, because you look at the people, like the only person that was like. Really, like big time, big time was, was my man, was that, Leonardo that, and Kathy Bates, and well, no, Billy Zane was Billy Zane was actually doing this. He he was time. pretty good, but you also got to think about daytime TV. My man that played Victor Newman, you know what I'm saying? He was in this. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Victor you know Newman. what I'm saying? So, um, but like, yeah, to to put your money on on these people and to get the visuals that you got. I, I I think it was worthy of being the movie that that had that top spot for as long as it had it. So, 
ain't mad at it, yeah. man. I ain't mad at it at all. Yeah. For sure. I mean, listen, man, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I enjoyed what they did with it. You could tell that that type of money was put into this movie for it to be three hours long and it to be as captivating as it was. And then not only as captivating as it was, just the 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 graphics in the movie, you know what I'm saying? The fact that they CGI so much stuff in the movie and it was it was actually CGI to perfection at this point. You know what I mean? Like this was one of those movies that, you know what I'm saying? The look of it was amazing. The feel of it was amazing. When you left that, um, when you left that, that, you know what I'm saying, presentation, like you felt a wave of emotions. You know what I'm saying? You felt happiness. You felt sadness. You know what I'm saying? You felt the loneliness. You know what I'm saying? You felt the fear. You know what I'm saying? You kind of felt everything in that movie, and that was just the beauty of it. You know, James Cameron and you know, and the cast and the writers and everybody else involved did a great job putting this, you know what I'm saying, together. And, you know, I mean, like I said, man, it's just it's one of those ones that's going to go down in history forever. It's like, the, you know what I'm saying, one of the greatest movies ever. And you got to think about it, too. Like, you know, this is a, a, this is a story that's, you know, been told throughout history, you know what I'm saying, as a as a situation. Like, to me, the only other story that's like this that could possibly be told and possibly come somewhat to terms is the, um, what is it, the Hindenburg or the Heidenberg or something like that with the, um, the big-ass airship. Oh. The blimp thing. I think it's called yeah, the Heidenberg. Yeah, yeah, Or the Hind- Hildenberg, Hindenburg, something like that. I think it's the Hindenburg. But... Basically, that's the, to me, that's the only other um, tragedy that they could turn into a movie that would even be able to rival this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I like I said, man, I enjoy it, but let's get into them fire flames, man. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, man. So, um, I'm going to let you go because, I mean, you already know what I'm going to say. It really, I don't really got too much to say. <laughs> I mean, you already know what mine is. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. I'm gonna go. Um, you know, great cast. Um, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kathy Bates. You know, what I'm saying Kate Winslet. Everybody, everybody did a really great job. I think James Cameron really changed the game with the Titanic. I think he really made everybody have to step their game up. And with him getting two hundred million dollars, I think that this is the reason why he have the freedom with the movies that he have today. Um. I think that this movie really captured like that time, you know, when it came down to the costumes, when it came down to the way that people spoke, when it came down Mm -hmm. to how detailed he was, even down to the China, you know what I'm saying? Like even showing a scene, like when, when they showed the one room that had the, uh, the plates and it just showed all the plates hit the floor. Like that was fucking genius. Like just little shit like that is the details. Um, with that being said, man, you know what, man, I wasn't gonna do it. I was ready to say a four point five. I'm gonna go ahead and cross that barrier, man. I'm, I'm gonna give it a five too, man. Yes, sir, man. Yes, I'm about to say, man. Come on, <laughs> listen, man. This this movie is um this movie is brilliant. You know, what I mean, this is. This is one of the movies that, you know what I'm saying, they actually got right at the Oscars. Um, incredible performances by everybody in the cast. Um, 
the um the the angles and the shots that they got in this movie is amazing as well. When they go from um when they go to the end of when they showing you the ship as it's laying at the bottom of the Atlantic, and then you know what I'm saying they go back and they you know what I'm saying reverse it to when it was actually sitting on top of the water, and they show you you know what I'm saying the people that were there. They show you um you know what I'm saying, the architecture of the actual ship, and you're actually being able to see that transform from frozen, you know what I'm saying, frozen metal and, and material into an actual ship again, like, you kind of forget that, you know what I'm saying, like, this is a, a true story, this, it, it becomes so, um, it becomes so, you know what I'm saying, like, fairy ish because of the way that everything looks, it's so grandiose that it becomes like this, this, this make believe. You know what I'm saying? It becomes this work of, of fiction. And so you know the fact that you know what I'm saying James Cameron could take this and, and, and turn this into the masterpiece that he did. You know what I'm saying? Is is amazing. He always comes through. Of course, you know he makes nothing but blockbusters. Um, but for him to do that with you know what I'm saying a historical event, and to turn that into you know what I'm saying this is. is is crazy and beyond measure. So you know, man, like I said, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's an instant five for me. If we could go higher, I would, but definitely five. I feel you, man. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you, man. It's it's a great movie, man. Um, so man, listen, people, coming soon. I don't think I don't see I don't think my guy seen this yet, but um. I've seen it at least twice, man. It's gonna be great going back and watching it again, man. It's one of the movies, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that the person that this movie is on, man, is just a very fascinating person, man. This is the reason why I wanted to do it. Really, I wanted to do it to, to talk about it, but I really wanted you to see it because I don't think you ever would see it without me bringing yeah. it up. And the movie that we're doing, it's a Netflix film. It's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil in Veil. It's a movie about oh, no, no. Ted. I've seen some of this though. Well, you gotta see the whole thing, man. It's a movie about yeah, Ted Bundy and his longtime girlfriend who who refused to believe the truth, man. She just not mm-hmm. would believe that this man was out here killing these hoes like that. But um, and I <laughs> I just said that to be funny, man. They ain't hoes, they ain't hoes. But I just said that to be funny. Hey, you um, know, but, it was they was some of them was probably hoes, but. <laughs> nah man but uh he was going around here man killing killing these women man and she just would not believe it man but i think that look man ted bundy man he's one of those fascinating serial killers yeah. man it was just it was just yeah. something weird about him and um and i just thought that it would be a really good movie to do because we can get into the whole ted bundy bag and serial killers and all of that type shit so i just thought it would be you know a really really good movie to do so that's what we got coming up next man if y'all have not seen it it came out um in 2019 um if you want to watch it before we do it man extremely wicked shockingly evil in veil it's a movie about ted bundy and this is and i'll say this before we go this is the movie I never really looked at Zach Efron as like a quote unquote actor. I always looked at him as like, okay, they found a little good looking white dude that, and they just want to throw him out there. Like this yeah. movie, this dude acted in this movie. You hear me? Like he really, really said, showed me like why this dude is in Hollywood. 
This is the movie mm-hmm. that did it for me. This movie and when he did Parkland. Parkland is another movie, but he wasn't in Parkland that long. Like his running time was probably only about like 15 minutes. But in this movie, he really killed it and he showed me why he's an actor. So I got to give it up for Zac Efron for playing Ted Bundy. For sure, for sure, man. Zach Efron, um, you know what I'm saying? He's done some some great acting over his time. He played a, a magnificent role uh, in High School Musical. Um, people mm-hmm. thought he was actually a teenager. And um, that's some hard shit to do. Um, especially, for, <laughs> especially for a dude that was in his, in his 20s at the time. So, you know what I'm saying? Him and Vanessa Hudgens. You know what I'm saying? They they put off the fact that they people thought they were teenagers. So salute to Zach Efron, man. He he's actually come up a long way. Um, he's taking a comedy approach to some of his movies now, and I ain't gonna lie, he's actually hilarious. So to see him in this is kind of different. Um, but I'm excited, man. I, I, I'm gonna finish watching this joint and uh, see what see what how it plays out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But um. But yeah, man, like you know, like always, man, we appreciate everybody. Um, you know, sorry for you know, the pies not dropping all last week, man. Had sorry to, uh, for the wait. <laughs> yeah, sorry for the wait, man. We had to uh but look, we hope we hope we hope y'all still there, man. You know, uh, appreciate yeah, the pie, listening to the pie, you know, share the pie, all that type stuff. Um, you know, be on the lookout soon. For 28 minutes or less, you know, support me over mm-hmm. there. But y'all can follow me at s.foster8 on Instagram at 28 minutes or less pod. That's on IG. Um, let me see. Follow the pod on all major platforms. And um, before we get out of here, though, this is the week. Um, you know, it was actually yesterday on um, the day of we recording. It was actually yesterday. It was yeah. the year anniversary of you know me losing somebody who was very important in my life you know what i'm saying uncle washington passed away a year ago um yesterday um i missed that dude you know what I'm saying? i love that dude he was my um he was my everything man he wasn't just a, a co-host on a podcast but um but we had a lot of great podcasts and a lot of great fun um still think about them by every day just like just to be able to do what I'm doing right now, man, is, you know, being able mm-hmm. to close on a house and all this type of stuff. Like, I don't think nobody would be as happy for me that he would be right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think that he would be more excited than I am at this point if he was still here, you know, to see that yeah. um, that I was able to accomplish something like this in my life. So, so um, rest in peace, rest in power to my guy, Uncle Washington. And you are definitely missed, my guy. Man, gone but never forgotten, man. Um, rest in peace, to Uncle Washington, for sure, man. Um, the, the the dope thing about that though, bro, is that he was able to leave you with so much wisdom, and that's one thing that I always told you, man. The fact that when you guys were on that pod, you know, what I'm saying it was a great mixture of wisdom. You know, what I'm saying it was a great mixture of you. You know what I'm saying? And he was able to drop a lot of gems on you. And you know what I'm saying? You were able to pick those up and, and take them and use them in life. And that's a, you know, a blessing in itself. Um, but as far as me, you know what I'm saying? Y'all go check me out on Twitter, at Scoop Bronson. Uh, I got a link tree. You can follow me um, in there. I got a, everywhere else I'm at in my link tree. 
Um, but like Sean said, man, thank you guys for, you know what I'm saying, tuning in. Thank you guys for the support. We greatly appreciate it. That week off was really not, you know what I'm saying, something that we kind of controlled, but it was all for the better because, you know what I'm saying, my guy has, you know what I'm saying, closed on his new home. You know what I'm saying? His family can now be in a place that, you know what I'm saying, they can grow and become a, you know what I'm saying, a family in and continue to be a family in. And that's always a blessing, man. So y'all make sure y'all go on that man's socials, man, and congratulate him. Make sure, you, you know what I'm saying, you send something in, tell him congratulations because not every time that, you know what I'm saying, the black man gets a chance to celebrate these moments. You know, sometimes we don't live long enough to celebrate these moments. So the fact that he has a family, the fact that he has a house that he can raise his family in, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he, he's actually there to be a black father, you know what I'm saying, is something that we greatly appreciate, you know what I'm saying, especially coming from me, man. You know, I definitely appreciate it because me being a black father as well, I know how hard it is sometimes to do some of those things and to, you know what I'm saying, be in that position. So, you know what I'm saying, salute to you, bro. Congratulations again. And, Thank you. Know what I'm Thank you. For sure, bro. You know, like they say in Hollywood, man, that's a wrap. Good. <laughs>